0: Welcome to the Young Adult Podcast, where we will be engaging in a weekly conversation around the amazing, tough, fun, weird, but extremely important and defining season of your 20s, and hopefully help bring you a little bit of a biblical perspective.
1: What's up, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Connor, and I'm gonna be one of the hosts today. Joining me, the lead pastor of Red Rock's YA, and he probably wears more hats than anybody else in the church. Ladies and gentlemen, Andrew Matro. What's up,
2: everybody? How you doing?
1: What's up Good and to be here. again joining us? She did such an amazing job on her interview podcast that we decided that we should bring her back, make her a little bit more of a a regular. Ladies and gentlemen, Whitney Bess is back in the studio. (laughs) What's going on? How's life been?
0: Good. I mean, there's nothing new because COVID. So
1: How's Best Farms? If you guys don't know, Whitney has an Instagram account where she documents (laughs) her and Conrad's (laughs) life.
0: That That died. That Instagram account's no more.
2: Wow, well, what you start. had that? The
0: far- yes.
2: Yeah, it have. was your finsta.
0: It was my finsta, yeah.
2: And now chickens. I'm getting people
0: wanting to like follow it, and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> sorry. It Andrew, but yeah. how's
1: how's life treating you
2: this week? Life's good, you know, guys. I decided that I'm gonna I'm gonna try to be vegan for a few days.
1: No. Wow, a meathead vegan? I- <laughs> How does yeah. that work? Are you a, a pea protein? Meathead? I don't know. You know,
2: living in Colorado, you see all these healthy people, and they're happy. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should eat more vegetables.
0: What does Jerrica think about this?
2: Oh. (laughs) You know Jerrica. I have that thought as I'm driving through McDonald's. uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm sure by next week's podcast, I will have completely given it up. But you know what? COVID kind of calls for trying some new things. Yeah. You know, I'm getting bored with life. I'm like, maybe I'll try to be vegan for a minute.
1: That's a, mm. that's awesome. Hey, that's better than what I can say I've been eating the past week or two. So
2: Well that was that was really why it happened, because one night I ate a large Papa John's pizza and like four scoops of ice cream. <laughs> In like twenty four hours I still felt horrible about myself.
0: Mm.
2: And I was like, dude, I gotta change some things. Hey, so we I'm got, got a great go podcast vegan.
0: today, speaking right to. Yeah,
2: that'd be perfect. That. That's that is awesome.
1: Well guys I don't know how long you've been joining us, but last week, we actually started a series called I Feel Stuck, and we talked about this idea that there will be seasons and moments in your life where you feel stuck, and specifically, we talked about feeling stuck in your faith. And this week, uh, we're still going to be in sort of a roundabout way discussing that. However, as we were prepping for this specific podcast, um, we started talking around the idea of what does it look like to be stuck in sin. And as we were talking about and sort of trying to map out uh, what we wanted to speak on, we sort of all kind of came to this realization that there's a greater conversation, I think, around this subject that sort of needs to take place. And this is what I This is what I mean. Here's the reality. To be stuck in sin, mm-hmm. you first have to recognize that sin is real and that it's a problem that needs to be addressed, right? Like we live in a world that's very fluid when it comes to right and wrong, good and bad. And so there seems to be this cultural resistance to an idea that there could be a universal or a greater right and wrong. And we can see it all throughout our culture that biblically this reality called sin has really been called into question. And so before we can talk about this idea of finding yourself stuck in sin, I think there's a greater question or a greater conversation that needs to happen. I think we kind of have to answer these questions of, is sin a real thing? Is it real or is it something that religious people sort of try to talk about to get you to fall in line or act a certain way or right. think a certain way? Is mm-hmm. it is it real? And if it is, does it actually have an effect on how I should choose to live my personal life? And so if we're going to talk about being stuck in sin, I think the first logical question on the discussion of sin would be, what is sin? Mm-hmm. If we're going to talk about right. sin, I think we need a good definition that we all can agree on. So I, I'll kind of throw it out there, and we can talk about this. How would we define what sin is? What is sin?
2: Yeah, and I think the the word sin, the second you you say it or hear it, it has this really like taboo connotation to it. Right. Yeah, and I think it almost frustrates people that we've been in such this grace movement over the past decade of of church culture where to address sin, to talk about sin, to, to look at somebody and be like, there is sin in your life that mm. you need to rid yourself of has become somewhat of a taboo and it frustrates people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people really want to kind of turn their back to the idea of sin. But, but sin is a very biblical thing that yeah, is yeah. talked about that Jesus literally came to defeat sin that he died on the cross to defeat sin that was his whole purpose was to defeat darkness yeah and so for us to to feel like sin isn't still a strong issue in our world i think is us denying a very true fact that yeah. sin is very prevalent in my life both of your lives and in the yeah. world and sin is simply as defined as missing the mark okay mm-hmm. so we believe like through scripture that god sets a, a playbook for for our lives and, and some things we have to kind of work around, try to figure out. But but he sets kind of a clear path for your life. And so anything that you do, whether thinking, acting, living, that goes against the way that God calls us to live throughout his word, yeah. we would say is, is sin. Um, sin is choosing to follow your own way, living life how you deem correct, regardless of what Jesus says. So we believe that through Scripture— That you were put on this earth and God has a path for your life, a path that that is full of life and abundance. And so anytime that we choose to go on our own path, Mm -hmm. we believe that that would be sin missing the mark of what God has for your life. Right, Andrew,
0: I think you can agree because you work with youth students for a very long time. (laughs) Like I know this is the way I kind of describe it to them because they see students see sin, you say sin, and they're automatically like, okay, you're going to tell me what to do.
2: Right. Yeah. And
0: I'm like, no, it's not just a behavior thing. It's a following thing. And what I mean by that, it's a decision to put Jesus um, maybe on hold and foregoing obedience Mm -hmm. um, that will further his call and plan on your life. And um, I was actually looking at my Instagram earlier this week, and I don't know if you guys follow Jackie Hill Perry. She's amazing. She's amazing, amazing, amazing woman. But she said this, um, she said, when you have an off view of God, you have an off view of submission. And then she talked all about like his goodness, and we all want that, you mm-hmm. know, all his promises. But she also talked about his holiness. Um, And then it's under that dominion and authority is the safest place we could be. So it's not just a behavior thing. It's not just a list of do this, don't do that. It is following Jesus to fulfill ultimately the outcome that he Hmm. planned and purposed for your life.
2: Yeah,
1: I I like what you said there because I think a lot of times when— when young adults or people that might not be familiar with church or the Bible hear sin, they're like, great. The pastor is going to talk to me about this quote unquote sin to try to convince me that I have to now give to his church or behave a certain way. And like Andrew was saying, sin feels like this dirty word because we live in a culture where, um, you hate being wrong. Mm -hmm. Like we hate being wrong and, and sin, you know, uh, kind of a spin-off definition of it is is almost this acknowledgement that something about us is wrong that mm-hmm. it's not right like you were saying when we choose to do our own thing
0: mm-hmm. rather
1: than what God has laid out we're we're saying that we're wrong and mm-hmm. and I think even the concept of sin the word sin is kind of shied away from not just in church but in culture because we love not being wrong yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so I think like in a roundabout way, we're saying that if we're going to lay out a definition of sin to to kind of base this conversation off of, it would kind of be choosing to follow your own way or maybe living your life however you see right, regardless of what Jesus has said. Yeah. But we we want to kind of understand that there is this reality that God actually has an opinion Mm -hmm. on what's good and what's bad. He lays that out in his word. Jesus honored what the Father thought about that, and he he kind of mapped out a way for us to live our life mm-hmm. in a way that we can best honor God. Mm-hmm. However, I think we live in this culture that loves um, this idea of relativism, and what I mean by that is this idea of what's right for you might not necessarily be right for me, or what's wrong for you might not necessarily be wrong for me. I feel like everybody in our audience has probably heard this phrase in some way, shape or form. That's awesome that that's your truth, but that doesn't necessarily have to be my truth. Right. Yeah. Yeah, So I guess as a Christian, if you're going to choose to try and follow Jesus, does that mean that you have to believe in an ultimate truth? Jesus is truth. And Mm -hmm. if you do, in some regard, that would mean that you would have to say that some truths aren't the truth. If you're going to follow Jesus, would you have to agree that there is an ultimate truth?
0: Well, Connor, I would love to hear your thoughts on this, but I feel like I have a funny little analogy for this question. So... Andrew, it's about my dogs. Oh. Sorry. I'm just going to go there. <laughs> two but beautiful dogs. Two beautiful dogs. Mm-hmm. And my youngest, we just got him as a puppy. He's a year old. We just celebrated his birthday. Oh Anyways, he's just... Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he knows his truth. He is naughty. He gets in trouble. Anyways, he can, he's a German Shepherd Lab mix. So he can hold his own in any situation. Anyways, so... My older sister has another dog who is a St. Bernard, Bates okay? Yeah. So he is twice <laughs> the size of Chief. And the other day, he was over, and normally, Chief is dominating. He is a dominant dog. And they start playing tug-of-war, and Bosley's just laying there. And Chief's using all his might to like pull Bosley towards him. And to answer your question, I think this is the perfect analogy, like, the Word of God is truth, absolute truth. Yeah. It has to be. Um, John talks all about that, like, before the world came to be, the Word was um, and is, <clears throat> and through Jesus. So, um, I, I think sometimes, though, as Christ followers, especially, we try to live our lives like dragging the truth towards what we want yeah and our desires and how we want to live our lives and really it never wins out like Bosley still won because he's just bigger heavier stronger (sighs) powerful um and so I just kind of got to thinking like wow like this is what the truth does, like, in our lives. Like, yeah. we can just either—and finally, Chief just gave up. He was like, <laughs> okay, I'll just lay next to you and kind of play with you, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so I think um, seeing, like, the Word of God is that. Like, it will stand on its own.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I think, why why do we, as a culture, why do we hate that someone says, yeah live this way?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah
2: let order your life under this way because we have fought for so many rights in our country and and so many different things, so many amazing progressive ways, but but we've kind of taken that into our relationship with God Mm -hmm. of being like, I don't want someone to tell me what to do. So so when you read things in scripture that, that say words like, um, surrender, submit, Mm. Deny self, follow, sacrifice. Those kind of words in today's culture are extremely offensive. The fact that the Bible would say to be a slave to righteousness Mm. is offensive to people. Because you have to give something up. You have to give something up. And I think that we live in a culture where, and I think especially in the 20-somethings, that you don't have to deny yourself of Mm. anything. Right. You don't have to deny yourself of pleasures in this world. You don't have to deny yourself of substances. You don't have to deny yourself of sexual orientation or identification. Um, you don't have to deny yourself of status. And, but scripture says, if you want to follow me, though, mm-hmm. you deny yourself. You follow this path. Yeah, and I think people struggle with that. Yeah, I think we have a culture that loves sitting
1: in the gray, mm-hmm. and I think that yeah. there, in some in some aspects, I think it can be healthy because I think it allows us to humble ourselves and come to the table and mm-hmm. hear new perspectives that we might um, have never considered before. But I think that you can be in the gray for a moment to broaden yeah. your horizon. But if you constantly live in the gray it's kind of like if you if you stand for nothing you stand for everything Mm -hmm. and jesus was very clear um if you're going to call yourself a follower of mine i am the way right and if he's saying i am the way that must mean that there are other ways that seem like the way but but aren't the way Mm -hmm. and so if if i were to answer this question if if you're going to choose to follow jesus do you have to believe in an ultimate truth his truth yeah i think you have to believe that Jesus, His teaching, um, who He calls us to be, what what His life did, and what it represents—that is not just a form of truth; mm-hmm. that it's the truth. And if Jesus is the truth, then everything else um, that we see or experience in life has to be filtered through that perspective of what did Jesus think about this? What did God say about this in his word? How will I choose to make a decision? What will I choose to believe is right or wrong, good or bad, um, based off of what I see Jesus doing, how he's living? Um,
0: And I feel like to go off that point, there is such a danger right now in culture, because even in my social media, I look at some of my friends that are trying to figure it out, some of my friends that aren't figuring it out, and they'll repost about Jesus. And it's so important to go to the source. Yeah. And I know for me, like, Jesus what I'm seeing Jesus on social media is not the Jesus that I read about in scripture. Like, yes, kind of like, of course, Jesus was loving. Of course, Jesus wants the best for us. Of course, Jesus was a culture shifter, but Jesus was not vague about a lot of different issues that we choose not to to be vague about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like the way we um, steward our relationships, the way we treat our enemies, The way um, we should live in our marriages and divorce Mm -hmm. and sexuality and our finances. Like, go to the source, which is the word of God, not all these Instagram accounts of who they think Jesus is.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because Jesus, he calls you to something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when you walk into a church service or you read the scripture you shouldn't f- walk away feeling, like, fluffy. Mm-hmm. That is, sometimes sometimes you just feel the grace of God right. just overwhelm you because you just need it. Mm-hmm. But we should always walk away feeling, like, a gut check. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We say it all the time, like, when you have a real interaction with Jesus, it kind of hurts your head a little bit of, like, mm-hmm. ow, that kind of hurt my ego. But your soul, mm-hmm. it fuels your soul. And we say this all the time that I think that what I, what I see with a lot of 20-somethings is that they really love Jesus, but they love things that, they also love things that aren't of Jesus.
1: Yeah, right. I love
2: Jesus. I, I read my Bible. I pray. Mm-hmm. I like to go to church. But I also really love things that aren't of Jesus. So in other words, we love the idea of Jesus, yeah. Yeah. but we, we don't love the reality of Jesus because the reality of Jesus, he says, if you want to be my disciple— You don't have to be. Mm
1: -hmm. You don't have to
2: follow me. Yeah. But if you want to be my disciple, then you will deny yourself, you will pick up your cross, and you will follow me, Mm -hmm. that Jesus calls you to something. So that's why so many people feel tension in their lives as a believer Mm -hmm. because they're living a life that's not falling in line in accordance to the word of God. Mm -hmm. And God's calling you. This isn't legalistic talk. This isn't do this and God will love you. This is... Do this because this is a life I've called you to. Yeah. You
1: know. And I yeah. think myself included, I, I put myself in this category when I say culture and us, and we I think we hate defining statements. Like you were yeah. saying, Jesus says, if you want to follow me, then right. do this. If mm-hmm. then we hate that because mm-hmm. what that forces us to do is step out of that sort of relativism mindset where okay, your truth can be truth. My truth can be truth. Your wrong can be your wrong, but not my wrong. Jesus is saying, no, if, then you have to do this. It, it kind of makes us make a decision, right? right. Mm-hmm. Like, do I really believe this? Do I really kind of live in accordance to this? And mm-hmm. I think that's, that's such a hard thing for our culture to wrap our minds around because in one breath, I think we have an incredibly loving and amazing culture where a lot of people are accepted and, and loved, and that's amazing because Jesus was like that. Mm-hmm. But like you were saying, Jesus wasn't shy or he wasn't gray about the truths of God. Right? He was he was very specific, and he would talk about things that were very offensive to people and, and put them on the spot to make A decision. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think that if you want to follow Jesus, you do have to believe in an ultimate truth and that would be his truth. And I think, although there is some room to disagree about minor things within the Christian faith, I think at some point in your life, you have to make a decision to say, do I choose to agree with what God said is right Mm -hmm. or do I not? Because he's going Mm -hmm. to call you to to a time where you have to sort of make that decision yeah um something that I that I kind of experience a lot and that I even have to wrestle with in my own faith is something like this let's say let's say I'm reading my Bible and I read something that really challenges me and I'll even go as far as to say I might disagree with um, let's say it's about maybe having sex outside of the context of marriage or going out on the weekends with my friends and maybe drinking a little too bit or or hooking up or something on you know, with this like online sort of hookup culture, I guess, what if what I don't think is bad is something that the Bible says is bad? What what if, I don't think it's bad, but the Bible says it's not the best way to honor Jesus. Is it, does it really matter if I still do the things that I might disagree with the Bible? I guess a better way to phrase it would be are there any repercussions if I disagree with what God says is right or wrong and I still kind of choose to live my life however I, I want to?
2: Hmm. Yeah. Well, what's that, 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 that passage in, in Romans um, that, that says that, that sin, it leads to, to death? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we're not talking about like the sin of your life is going to lead to a, a physical death. It might. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's a level of which when you step into things that are outside of the life that God calls you to, that we begin to feel a little bit of a death within our soul. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I've I've seen this so many times in in my life of living in sin and sinning is different.
0: Mm -hmm. But
2: when you're kind of actively living in sin there's something that begins to like happen inside of you where you just you feel off Mm -hmm. you feel like this that you walk different you talk different but i have found over and over and over again in my life that when i walk in obedience into the best of my ability from what i read in scripture and the conviction of the Holy Spirit, when I try to the best of my ability to order my life under Christ and come under his authority and live according to God's word, something shifts within me. Mm-hmm. I don't feel death. I mm-hmm. feel life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like I think differently. My mind is clear. You're sitting here and you feel like I'm, I'm so confused about every path in my life. I, I'm, I'm so anxious. I'm so, I'm so, I'm so, my mind is so muddied. I feel like I can't hear the spirit. There might be some other things, but there also might be because you haven't been living your life the way that God has called you to live your life. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That kind of reminds me of a scripture. I didn't even write it down, but, um, so you might know where it's from, but it's like humble yourself, therefore, under the righteous right hand of God. Yeah. And that's not God's loving hand or his like tender hand. It's like his righteous right hand. Mm -hmm. Um, so that a time of of refreshing may come. Yeah. And so there is something to that passage. It's like, I am so human, so fragile, and I may or may not believe in this moment because I think God in his kindness does reveal things to you and reveal sin to you. Um, but then humbling yourself and saying, okay, show me so that there is ref- that is that like bolstering of your inner man.
2: Right. Oh, no, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I just, I don't know. I think God is so kind in the way that he approaches our sin. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, I think, does it matter mm -hmm. if you're reading something in the Bible and you're like, I don't necessarily agree with that. Does it really have a repercussion on my life if I listen to it? I think it does because I think it speaks to a bit of a deeper issue of do you trust What God says is best for you. Do you think in the amount of time, the amount of life that you've accumulated, you can make the best decision for your life? Mm. Or do you think that the God that created you, that knows you, that loves you, even if you want nothing to do with him, he still loves you. Do you think that he might know something better than you? when it comes to every situation. I know that when I talk mm-hmm. to young adults, sex and, and living together before you're married is such a common theme. And and you know people do that because they, they genuinely and sincerely love the person they're dating and yeah. they're with. But when God says, listen, I mm. know what I created sex for and I actually know the best way to protect your heart mm. and your mind and your emotion and your feelings and even your physicality yeah. to wait, you kind of got to come to that crossroad of that question of this isn't necessarily do I agree or do I disagree? Okay, I'm going to do whatever I feel. It's Mm -hmm. do I actually trust God enough to when God says no, I can respect that knowing Mm -hmm. that it's my best interest in mind. Mm -hmm. That he has my best in mind when he tells me to do something that I might not necessarily agree with in the moment.
0: That's a hard question to be honest with. Do yeah. I really trust God?
2: Seriously. Yeah, and, and the reality is, though, you can't trust something that you haven't read for yourself right. yeah. or that you know for yourself. And so that's what we have is we have a lot of people who are believers. But they don't know what God calls you to. Yeah, mm-hmm. And so you're, we have a lot of people who it's like licking your thumb and putting it up in the air of like, Ah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I kind of I think this is how I should live. I could do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Like we we live in a world where where a lot of people we want to we want the benefits of the spirit mm-hmm. while gratifying our mm-hmm. flesh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I, I think that you have to understand the word of God for yourself. Mm-hmm. This isn't just yeah me kind of deciding for myself what I think a relationship with God looks like. Mm-hmm. Yes, there are factors of that. There mm-hmm. are factors of of that your uniqueness and how God engages with you in your relationship. That God's going to heal you differently than He heals mm-hmm. you or speak to you in the mountains while He speaks to somebody else in the ocean. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Um. But but there are certain things that we have to know for ourselves. I have so many people yeah. on Thursday nights or we'll Zoom or whatever and Ask deeply rooted questions about sin or certain situations, and guess what I do? I direct them back to the scriptures, yeah right. and because i'm like I'm not just going to speak on my own opinion, but from what I read in the scriptures this mm-hmm. is this is the truth of God that that Jesus is the truth, the way, and the life. but if you don't trust the truth of Jesus, then you'll not, never follow the life of Jesus, mm-hmm. which is ultimately what we're called to do and how we're called to live, yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: Yeah, I think uh, to kind of just summarize up so far what what we're talking about, I think we would all agree at this table that sin is real and that it actually matters. How we choose to live our life, the choices we make, can either honor God or disregard Him. And if we want to experience not only God's purpose and His plan for our life, but just to know and enjoy God better, just personally to the fullest, there is a level that we need to trust God, even if we disagree in a moment, and submit our ways, our thoughts, to what he says is right mm-hmm. and wrong. So if all of this is true, mm-hmm. and I guess maybe this can be like our our final question to sort of summarize part one of this podcast. So let's say all of this is true. Sin is real. We, we need to believe that Jesus' truth is not just a truth, but it's the truth. Mm-hmm. And if that's real, there's repercussions. We have to say his way is best, even if it disagrees with us. Um... How do I live my life in a way that's not necessarily hyper-focused on sin, but allows me to enjoy life and know God? Because Let's just be honest. Everybody at this table, and I'm sure everybody listening, knows this person. Most of the people that we know who are ho- hyper-focused on sin tend to be judgmental and bigoted, mm. right? They they love to point out the wrong in others while mm. they glorify like the righteousness inside mm, of themselves. Right. And there's nothing that's more unattractive in our culture and in our person that somebody who's like that, that loves to point out what's wrong with you, but Mm -hmm. loves to shine a light on what's right with them. Mm. And so if sin is real and the ways and the teachings of Jesus are true, how do we live in a world and in around people where sin is prevalent without becoming bigots and judgmental and and looking down at people and even ourselves in a way? Mm.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the Israelites did something where they would make, put stones. I mean, we saw it in Israel when we went. They would put like stones or um, on like memorials or burial sites as a remembrance. Um, And I think as Christ followers, like if you are listening to the podcast and you're in maybe a trap of self-righteousness, I think it's so important to look back. Yeah. and to remember where your sin left you mm-hmm. and and I know my sin was um a point of death in hopelessness just disgust of my behaviors yeah and also like the dis- I, I I felt like so much disgust for like I led people not just me just other people to a place of their death points of death or whatever so I think like for myself to like gauge my self-righteousness is to look back okay um and I do think like I kind of hinted at it earlier like the way Jesus and God deals with sin is it says it's his kindness that leads us to repentance yes and for me when I'm feeling like ew, why doesn't this person get it yeah (laughs) you know i'm like that will never create heart change it's kindness Mm -hmm. and so um for me whenever i sit down with someone and i'm like oh like i want you i want to tell you off or i want to help you or i want (laughs) to you know like you can get really frustrated with people and i would i just think back to that will never be the answer Mm -hmm. like for me, anger is like number one trigger. Like I can just lash out and I'm like vision my anger. If someone fights me with anger, I fight with anger back. Mm-hmm. And that never works. Yeah. And Jesus has modeled this. Like it's my kindness yeah. that leads to repentance and heart change. Yeah. So I think to answer your question is just look back, remind yourself like, my sin is no greater than this person's sin.
2: Yeah. Mm. That's good. No, I think if it's the uh it's the story of the two men who approach the temple mm-hmm. and and one mm-hmm. is approaches it of like Jesus look at all that I've done. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: The the righteous man and then the tax collector is like Jesus look at what you've done. He yeah. he stood at a mm-hmm. distance yeah. and beat his chest and said God have mercy on my soul. And he had a recognition of his, mm. of his lack.
0: That's so of, good. Of
2: his sin, of his brokenness. And when you understand that, you understand your need for Jesus. Yeah. yeah. And and then that that's how you love people, right? Like, we live in such a, a hateful world right now. Mm-hmm. People are just putting themselves up on a pedestal. But maybe for a second, stop and realize the sin and brokenness in your own heart. Yeah. Right. I know it doesn't look quite like it. I know this person's sin is outward. And... It's for everyone to see, for public to see. And since we're cancel culture, like, you're done because of what you have done because of what you yeah. said. Yeah. Oh, real? Let's look at your life and yeah. what you did behind your computer screen last right. night, but no one will ever find out about. Yeah, yeah. It, that ho- hopefully made someone mad. But I, I've, <laughs> I've, I've felt that of, like,
0: yeah. we live
2: in this, like, cancel culture of you do wrong. You're done. And just so you know, if you're listening, that is so counterintuitive Mm
1: -hmm. to the
2: gospel of Jesus Christ. That the gospel of Jesus Christ says that you can literally leave your home, Mm -hmm. squander all your wealth on prostitutes and wild living and be eating with the pigs. And the God of the universe will still welcome you back. Yeah. So don't for a second call out the sin of somebody else unless you're willing to look at the plank in your own eye.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and so we have to be a culture that is so humbled by the fact that God still died for me even in the midst of my sin and that I am a broken person. And if you're listening, you are. You have sin in your life. Mm -hmm. There are things in your life right now that are standing between you and God and the path for your life. That some of you are missing the mark. We're all missing the mark. And understanding that God still loves you, but God wants the best for you. And when you begin to live like that, that's what the world needs from us right now. Yeah. The world Mm -hmm. needs a bunch of people who are like, Yeah, I'm broken. Yeah. Yeah. I yelled at my wife. Yesterday,
0: yeah, mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and I'm sitting here on this podcast talking about sin. I have sinned, right. yeah, um I don't know, so yeah. i I think that when you recognize it, yeah, you can that
1: that's so yeah. good how yeah. How do you deal with the reality of sin without becoming judgmental or a bigot? I think to your point, Andrew, you have to realize that everybody's sinned.
0: That Mm -hmm. you
1: standing on your pedestal are no different than the person who might in public be in their lowest of lows. Mm -hmm. And like you said, Mm -hmm. um, I think as a Christian, when you remember how God treated you, Mm -hmm. when you came to the realization that you're a sinful person, he didn't beat you over the head. He didn't pile up shame and guilt and condemnation. Right. No, he actually offered you a way out, mm-hmm. paid for it because of what Jesus has done mm-hmm. and said, hey, take my yoke upon you. He doesn't mean he excuses it. He mm-hmm. says, no, I want you to change. I'm going to heal you. I'm going to help you do better and be a better person. Mm-hmm. But he, he reminds us with his gentleness and his kindness that it's only because of Jesus that we even have the opportunity to turn from our sin mm-hmm. and have a relationship with God. Yeah, I think I think that's so critical in keeping your heart and your soul in a humble place mm-hmm. when it comes to talking about sin and even confronting sin that we see in our world and in our culture today. Um, man, hopefully this podcast has has kind of helped you. Um, Maybe even start a conversation about sin. Maybe maybe you've been living your life and um, you just kind of been doing your own thing, and and you've kind of never really even considered this idea that there may be a God who not only is right and just and true, mm-hmm. but is also full of grace and love and, and is longing for a relationship with you. And so our hope today in this podcast was simply this. We want to open up the conversation about what is sin and, and does it really matter? Does it really um, have an effect on my life? And should it change the way that I, that I live my life and engage in my relationship with Jesus? And so hopefully today... Um, this speaks to you in some way. And and wait, I would love for you to uh, pray for yeah. people that are listening, maybe today, um, for the first time you felt convicted of sin and you're like, man, mm-hmm. I might need to change some things in my life. Or maybe right now you're in the midst of a deep struggle um, and, and you need a way out. Would mm-hmm. you pray for our listeners today yeah, as we kind of wrap to. this up?
0: I'd love to. Can
2: I say this thought real yep. quick? When you just, like,
0: shut up. I'm <laughs> <laughs>
2: God God's calling you to a certain life not because he wants something from you. Yeah. But yeah. because he has something for you. Yes. Mm-hmm. So if you can get out of your mind for a moment that they're doing this podcast because they want me to live better.
0: Yeah.
2: No. God God doesn't want anything from you. He has something for you. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so look at your life. Look at the brokenness with which is in your life. And where are there, where's their tension in your life? Is there tension in your relationships? Is there tension in in your mind? Is there tension Mm -hmm. wherever? It might be because you haven't ordered your life in the way that God called you to. And remember, it's not because he wants something from you, but it's because he has more for you. So, Mm -hmm. final thought.
0: That's so I good, that. Andrew. Always such perspective.
2: Oh, thank you. Now you can pray. You have <laughs> All right, to pray let's now. pray.
0: Um, God, thank you so much for the words spoken in this podcast. God, I pray that they are refreshing and not condemnation, that there is no condemnation for those that are called and loved and purposed according to your word. And so, God, we just believe that um, our sin, um, as you're directing and pointing things out, um, God, that I just we believe Ephesians five over this, that as maybe some people are dealing with sin that they haven't even recognized, and this podcast is just a catalyst for them, or they're in a deep sin pattern. God, we just believe that they will awake, O oh sleeper, that um, you will order our days, that you will order the way we steward our lives. And that you will awake us to your word, that we will no longer just be sleeping Christians walking through this life, um, dealing with sin and having it cloud our judgments and having it cloud our relationships. But God, that you want us to be fully awake and understand and how to move forward. And so, God, we just believe that you're going to do Uh, miraculous things, that a time of refreshing may come, and that we believe that for all the podcast viewers and listeners. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
1: Amen. 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 And amen. All right. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in and joining with us today. Be sure to listen, subscribe, and share this podcast with your friends. Also, check us out on Instagram, YouTube, and on our website at rrya.org. We love you guys, and we will see you next week for part two of this conversation around sin and feeling stuck.
2: Love y'all. Bye. Bye. Peace out. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs>